Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Nobodies Podcast. And this week, it's another somebody session in which these nobodies bring on a somebody who is an expert or rising star in their field. This week, our somebody is an actress, dog lover, former Miss Nebraska, and the current reigning Christmas movie queen. This year, she's starring in the latest Hallmark holiday classic, Christmas by Starlight, which you can stream right now. This week's somebody is my friend, Rebecca Staub. All right, we're recording. You start. Okay, first of all, do not tell me what to do. Walked right into that one. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Annie. And I'm Bryce. And we are the Nobodies, experts on nothing, opinions on everything. Hello, hi, hi, hi. Welcome. Hi. Guys, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get to be in real life someday soon, hopefully. <laughs> no, you are the somebody. You are the somebody. Thank you for coming on our show, Rebecca. I know. Seriously. We are, we are all, we mentioned this before we started recording, but we are all University of Nebraska graduates. So this is going to be a fun show. I'm also, this is our Christmas show. I'm wearing a Santa, Santa shirt. <laughs> but uh, did, Rebecca, oh, do you geez. get back to Nebraska? Do you get back to Nebraska often? You know, it's decreased in the years because I lived in Europe. I was over in Europe for three and a half years and I was in New York for six years and I've been in LA now for 30, uh, however many years. Um, so in the olden days, I used to get back more because I'd be, you know, in Europe and I'd come back to Omaha for two or three months or whatever at a time, like in the summer or at Christmas. And, uh, and it was funny because when I lived in Europe, I couldn't wait to move back to America. It's like, Oh my God, I'll be home all the time. And then you're actually home less but you know when i i uh first moved to la i mean i was probably home i don't know probably like four times a year i was back a week, but it's just decreased as i've gotten older and and uh you know my dad passed away several years ago and that also just kind of you know i don't know i just i don't go back as much i was back god it's been 18 months i was back in march of 2019 actually i broke my foot and I was at home here, and like there was just nothing I could do because I'm sitting here like with a broken foot. And it was my mom's birthday, so I'm like, I'm just gonna go back. I mean, I can sit here, or I can sit. No. So I went back to Omaha with a broken foot. So that was actually the last time. Well, for everybody who's listening, because you mentioned that you you lived in Europe, and I know why you lived in Europe. But why? We tell our listeners why you were in Europe for three years. Well, I was modeling. Well, it's so funny because everything in my life that's been really fabulous all happened like way before social media. And so it's so funny that, every, you know, everyone's kind of like, oh, you're on set. It's like, oh, you have no idea I've been doing for the last 30 years. But I went over in 1982. I was modeling because I'd, I'd been in college. It was the summer before my senior year. And I literally was going to go for three months because through a series of, you know, modeling agency in Omaha and this competition that I, I you know, finished in the top five in New York, I, I could go to Paris and I, I'd had friends all through high school and college. And so it's like, I knew Paris anyway, and I spoke the language. And so when the opportunity came to go to Paris, I was just going to go for three months and ended up staying for three and a half years. And uh, then, and I was modeling when I was, 
just on location everywhere. My agents knew how to keep me there because they knew that all I wanted to do was travel. So even though when I was in Paris, I was doing all the really high-end editorial. I mean, I was at L, like, I don't know, two or three days a week, and I had covers, and I was doing all the editorial. But all I really wanted to do was, like, travel. And these other girls that I lived with were just doing catalogs. But they were in Greece and state farts and, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to go do that. And so my agent kind of amalgamated that I still got to do all the real high-end editorial stuff. But then they would book me on just enough trips to always get me back. Every time I was like done, they're like, oh, well, you just booked. Oh, you know, you're you're going to Mallorca for two weeks. And it's like, oh, okay. And so I'd always come back. Rough life, seriously. Seriously. (laughs) And I spent two summers in Tokyo, which were incredible. So I was there for like three months in, God, what was that, 83 and 84. So I, I, I ended up coming to New York in, in 85 to model. But then my, my agents had just opened up the film and TV division and they're like, do you act? And, you know, I mean, I've been in theater all through high school and all through college. And, you know, I would have been an actor since I was four years old if my parents had let me. Um, so I'm like, yeah. They're so, like, get a job. <laughs> you, know, you know, I was like a kid that grew up in Omaha. It's like, oh, great. You're a dancer. You want to act. Go outside and play. And so, yeah, we walked up and put on our shows. And uh, so, yeah, when I came to New York for modeling, I just instantly signed up with the film and TV division. And the very first audition they sent me on, I booked. And it was it was on a soap opera. And it was so funny because I'm like, well, I don't really do soap operas. Like, I just want to do nighttime TV and film. The agent's is like, you have, like, zero credits? Uh, you're like, you'll do this. fun. <laughs> but it was great because it was this little punk rock teenager. And I was only supposed to be on for six episodes, but it just took off like wildfire. So I was on there for six months, and I was this little punk rock teenager. And uh, then I, I went over to the guy. That was on Loving. Okay. Maybe uh, then it went over to uh, Guiding Light, and I was on that for how long was that up for two and a half years. So yeah, New York, I was both modeling and acting at the same time. That's amazing. So, yeah. I mean, what a, like what a cool trajectory, and and like soap operas are hard to get on, but they are they're so lucrative. I mean, you can be on them for years and years and years. Well, I know that's the thing is that yeah, at one point yeah, because when then when I finished on Guiding Light, you know, I had the chance to go on you know a number of other shows but i wanted to do something else i just didn't want to be on soaps my whole life and then it's so funny when i think of you know the private island that i could probably own if i'd stayed on soap my whole life but it was fine because then i got to go off and do a lot of other things and and uh i remember specifically i was i was in ireland shooting a movie and uh it's at times like that where you're like Oh, okay, yeah, this is why I didn't go back on a soap. And so, like, you know, sometimes you're, you're working on that job where you're like, well, if I was on a soap, I wouldn't be able to do this. Right. So then it, it's been really nice that I actually went back on a soap in what was that, 90? Oh, wait, 2002, I went on Port Charles, which is a spinoff of General Hospital. And at that point, 
I was thinking, wow, this is great. I'm just going to be on this for the rest of my life. Because at that point, I'm like, I'll just stand a soap. Like, this is going to be like. <laughs> and then the show got canceled the next year. And I'm like, God, here's my life. Now you star in the new Hallmark holiday movie, Christmas by Starlight, which premiered on Thanksgiving night. There's actually a uh, repeat of it on this Saturday. And can you tell us a little bit about the film and who you play? Well, this uh, Christmas by Starlight, I'm the mom because of Hallmark. And so, you know, but it's so funny. <laughs> when I my very first couple of Hallmark movies, I was the mom, but I'm really a little too young for their lead girls. And so I can play the mom, but it, like, just don't, don't do the math. And so then it's funny. <laughs> I was the actual mom. And then in all of the subsequent ones, I'm either the stepmom or I'm like the mom who adopted her. And so in this particular movie, we're the parents who was adopted. We adopted her when, when she was four. So I'm the mom. The cool thing about uh, this Christmas by Starlight is the two leads, Paul Campbell and Kimberly Sussman, they wrote it. That Kimberly had really? like a couple of years ago and she told Paul. And he's like, we should write this. And they'd never written one before. So he really is like the official writer. But it's, it's really clever because they wrote it with themselves in mind. And those two have a little irreverent. They're like a little, you know, hipper cooler than just the average, you know, kind of Hallmark goody goody. Like those two have a drier, like more wicked sense of humor. And they had done a, a number of Hallmark movies. And, you know, they were always, you know, in the back just cracking each other up and so with their tilt of humor and so it's actually really funny and they're really good it was so funny because will my husband was he hadn't he didn't see it you know when it was on on thanksgiving we had just recorded it and so he just watched it for the first time the other night and he's like this is really good he's yeah, like it really is and they are. I mean, they're really good actors, and it's written. It's, it's fast and funny. The unfortunate thing is, I mean, we had to cut a half hour out because you always end up with so much more material than actually fits into the format. And so, Paul, you know, before you know it was on, he's like, "We had to cut a half hour," and that's always the hard thing because it's usually like kind of an entire thread or like entire story is kind of the best mm -hmm. way to do it. So. You know, I always watch it knowing what was there and what happened. And go, oh, this is when the you know the sprinklers go off, and this is what. So, uh, this was really fun because since they wrote it, you know, as changes have to happen over longer, over shorter. Oh, we can't get that location, or you know, now it's raining outside, so we're going to shoot this indoors. It was nice because we could be more spontaneous because Paul would just literally rewrite it like right there and then yeah and then like the powers that be i don't know who are the powers that be at hallmark that would a okay it but we just kind of we had a little bit of an advantage because whenever we had to switch gears we would just kind of switch and go they're not completely improvised but it's like okay you guys are sitting here and now you're you know you're you're doing the gingerbread house and you know talk about the skate and then you know and you're just like okay like roll and we're like uh are you are you start okay sure i'll i'll come in with the cookie start oh okay and so so much of it was just like that and we'd be sitting there it's like are we done was that funny was that good you, want to you know that we could and we re there were so many fun things that 
you kind of came up with that Paul had written that, you know, the husband and I would like finish each other's lines or, or, you know, the things how we would all talk on top of each other. Like we really tried mm -hmm. to do that a lot of times. They try not to do that. It's like your turn. It's your turn. Now I'll say something that we were all just like, you know, here, handsome. He's, no, I didn't say he was charming. You said he was charming. Well, I said he was handsome. You know, and so we had these little like kind of family. That was a really good moment that you're mentioning. I remember, I, I remember that in the movie where you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't say that. And then she was like trying to point, pinpoint Annie. First of all, I think that you and I have a new career. Can you? We I could write a Hallmark movie. Yes. Let's write a Hallmark like, movie and then star in it. There you no, go. Well, I I don't want to be I don't want to be on camera. Um, oh, I I prefer to say that I have a face for podcasting, so we can cast. I'm very good at casting, so we can cast my role. So then you get to pick who gets to play you. Yeah, that's um, nice. The Hallmark staples. Oh gosh. I, yeah, you have to think about. I mean, well, you could. It has to be somebody from the cast of Full House because those those ladies just yes. dominate the genre. So you could be like Jody Sweeten, maybe could be play you or. Yeah, I actually like her. I feel like we would vibe. So maybe we'll go. We'll like have her as our leading lady for right now, okay. and then I may make some changes along the road. We'll see. Well, <laughs> well, Rebecca, Rebecca, did you know the two leads before then? Did they approach you about this project or did you, is it, was it through your agency still? Yeah, through the agency. I didn't know them. I mean, every time I do one of that, yeah, you don't really meet anybody until you get there on the first day. Because how done, many Christmas movies, how many Christmas movies have you been in? How many Hallmark Christmas movies have you been in? I think six or seven by now. I mean, you we, do one almost every year, it feels like. Yeah, one year I did three. And then wow. that was then I started to think that that was like normal. And I'm like, whoa, I can't wait till next year. And then <laughs> the next year, they made like this new rule that normally, you know, kind of their regular staple of people's because, you know, they wanted to mix it up a little and get some new faces because they were, you know, as a lot of the same faces. That last year, it was like you could only do one. But I didn't know that until I was like booked in the first one, thinking, well, this is the first of three or whatever. And as soon as I did that, they're like, oh no, you can't do another one now. And I'm like, because they were doing they were doing Christmas at Dollywood. And I really wanted to do that one just because I wanted to go meet Dolly. Oh. And so I'm like, well, I have to do this one. And they're like, well, you can't because you were in that one. And I'm like, well, nobody told me that that was the rule because if I would have known, oh. I would this one because I wanted to go meet Dolly Parton. Yeah, so, I never would have done this other one if I could have known I was going to meet Dolly Parton. We don't really have a choice. You know, this year was kind of funny because everything was delayed because of COVID, right? So everything was shut down. They shoot them for the most, they shoot most of them in Vancouver. There are a few others that they shoot in, you know, Winnipeg. Like, okay, Starlight is based in Chicago. I mean, like they that's yeah. where the right, that's where it's based, but it's all yeah. shot in Vancouver. So they're, for the most part, they're shot in Vancouver. There's a few that aren't. So um this year I, I had auditioned for a number because normally we would start shooting them in June or July. Well, everything was shut down and production didn't really go back in Vancouver until like September, early, kind of late September. And so we'd been auditioning up until then. And so they were kind of placing people, but nothing went into production. So you're just kind of sitting around. 
when I had auditioned for, you know, the waltz one, the ring one, the quintessential ones, the music one, that, you know, and I'm like, I want to do one of them that shoot, like, oh, they do like that one in Vienna, or I'm friends with one of the writers. I'm like, why don't we shoot one in Hawaii? Because that's really where I want to go. <laughs> So I yeah. you need to do. You love to travel. You got to get that. You got to. You got to put the bug in early. Like you just never really know why you get it or don't, or it's matching or it's somebody else. I mean, it just has nothing to do with you. It's you know the nature of the business. Mm -hmm. Like you just do that, and they do what they do. And so Christmas by Starlight, this came out of left field. I never auditioned for it. They just offered it to me. So I don't know if it was Hallmark or if it was the director. Because like the director knew who I was. And so when I showed up in Winnipeg, it was like, oh, I've always wanted to work with you. And I'm like, oh, great. But a number of them, like I had done, uh, uh, God, what was it called? Road to Christmas. That yes, one, right. they just offered it to me. And it's so funny. In that one, I play a mom in Nebraska. It was hilarious because I wanted to, well, I, I didn't even audition for that one. And then out of the blue, they're just like, Oh, here they've offered you this, you know, look at it and see. And she's written like in her 70s. And she's kind of like like Mrs. Claus and lives like somewhere in Nebraska. Because it's the lead <laughs> mom. And they're like doing a road trip from like California to the East Coast, like where they end up. And so it's this whole kind of road trip. And along the way, they stop off at mom and dad's house in Nebraska. And I'm like, do they know? Like I'm so like that was that's the first time in my life. I've ever gotten to play anybody from Nebraska. That's so, so cool. Obviously, seventy or like Mrs. Claus, but um, but it was. Yeah. Like, did you no. out of, out, wait out of curiosity? Did you like while you were acting? Did you try to like play it like you know it to be, or did you play into like Nebraska stereotypes? No, because it wasn't. You know, I mean, it wasn't even. It wasn't. That was the nice thing. It wasn't a Nebraska stereotype. It wasn't like a okay, little, good in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we lived in a town, but it never said where, but it was somewhere, I think we were supposed to be somewhat rural, but, and it was so funny. We were supposed to have this modest little house and we show up at this house and we're like, of course, since it's Hallmark, modest is like, oh, and yeah. I'm like, this is modest. And so we're all just kind of, you know, we just, it was just more kind of like, it's the mom who loves Christmas and, you know, gets ready for Christmas in June. And, you know, I'm always kind of that mom. So well, I thought at least your role, like at least from Christmas in Christmas by Starlight, you had a pretty meaty role as, a, a, you know, being the mom, you don't, yeah. I, I felt like you had a lot of screen time. Yeah. The story was pretty much revolved around, you know, if, if you guys don't know, you're basically, you, the lead, the female lead is trying to save, her actual adoptive parents' uh, store from being, you know, taken down by a corporate behemoth, which behemoth, which we're going to get into the rules of a Hallmark movie. But, you know, I thought it was really cool that you were that you actually had a lot of screen time in that movie, and that you know it seemed like a meatier role than you would see as like the mom in a Christmas movie kind of thing. Yeah, because normally the mom, like you come on like in page four. And then you come in like three quarters of the way and then you come in like for the very end. It's like, I could almost give you the exact yeah. numbers where like the parents come in. So yeah, this was nice that it was about the cafe and we were there the whole time. And there was, like I said, actually more, but they cut 30 minutes because in watching at air, that air, there does hit a point where we kind of fall out and those guys escalate, but you know, it has to, they're the, the love yeah. interest. 
And so we actually had even more that, you know, is on the on the cutting room floor. But yeah, it was nice because it was, you know, we were part of it. I actually, in, um, God, what was it, two years ago, Christmas Bells Are Ringing, it was the same kind of thing that the lead girl, it was her dad was getting married and she's coming home to wherever we lived, Maine or wherever, for our wedding. And so in that one, it was another one where you go, it was really like a parallel story because there's the husband and, and, and me and we were getting married and the daughter comes back for our wedding and, you know, runs into the guy that she knew in high school. And then, but it was this really nice parallel love story. Same thing. They cut out 30 minutes. Like the, the director, he's like, I just, he goes, oh my God, it was incredible. We had so much, this, but you know, we had to cut out 30 minutes. And I was just like, oh, okay, I know, that's too bad, it always happens. Not knowing that the 30 minutes was like mostly our story. Oh, that's such a bummer. Parallel, oh. because like we're all like in love and wonderful and those guys are kind of in love, but bumbling. And it was, it was so well written, but in the final thing, they just kind of, uh, it's long. So our little stuff all got cut and you know, it was their story. And so we were in it and we still got married and stuff, but I was like, it was pretty cool, you know, to be my age and be the bride. Yeah. You know, what a crapshoot. So, so that one was new. And I, I was, yeah, in that one more than the average mom. But in that one, I should have been in it a lot more. But, right. you know, it always happens. Well, what I like, again, going back to Christmas by Starlight just real quick, is that what I liked about that movie, and it's so cool that now, because now I'm like hell-bent on – dancing and prancing right into writing one of these movies. I'm, I'm painfully single, Rebecca. So I, and as Annie can attest. And so I thoroughly enjoy the fact that they didn't really justify why the leads were like single or basically like, they just were like, Oh, they're just single. It's not like, Oh, you're a complete loser or you, know, you just don't have anything going on. And, and that they were in their mid thirties and, you know, that there was something wrong with them. So I just wanted to know, like, is that something that is, is that something unique to a, to a Hallmark movie or not? Well, a lot of them, you know, their formula is there's a breakup, you know, either like right. the has some boyfriend who's a jerk or, you know, vice versa or something like there's always kind of a, an oncoming ex, you know, you kind of start yeah, or, out. Or like, or like the death of a spouse. Like there's yeah. always like yes. someone who's been like tragically broken up with or yeah. widowed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, so it's usually the lead character is a little trepidatious about getting into a relationship because, you know, they have, you know, pain or baggage from before and then the other person shows them how wonderful it is. So yeah, it wasn't in this one that, you know, their love lives before they, they weren't really mentioned or it wasn't really a big deal. You know, they were both just working professionals. You know, she was a very successful lawyer. He was, you know, the heir to this, this development, you know, company. And I think, you know, they just worked. It wasn't, nobody really had a baggage, you know, yeah. they were busy and then they met each other and, you know, and I just kind of like how it, it wasn't soppy and syrupy, you know, that it was a bit, you know, he was a bit of a, he he just, you know, it's kind of just like that spoiled rich kid, but so lovable. Like he just, he wasn't like a jerk in any way. And the fact that he was so, I don't know about you, Nuss, 
wasn't based on anything bad. It was just like, I don't know about, you know, and so I don't know. I just, I found it re- really realistic because there wasn't anything kind of made up. Like, it could, yeah. you know, it, it was just very character driven. And her name is, and her name is Annie. It was Annie. <laughs> I know when, Bri- when Bryce told me that, I was like, all right, I, I love this. I'm here for it. <laughs> well, so so Rebecca, why do you why do you love doing these movies? You done you say you've done six or seven. Why do you love why do you love doing these movies so much as an well, actor? Seven Christmas ones, but I've done probably I, I'm I've done other Hallmark movies like there's okay. like Miss by Moon uh, or there was what Moonlight in Vermont and Irresistible Blueberry Farm, and I'm also on a series because Hallmark also has their the Chronicle Mysteries, right? Or is that yeah. Okay. So I'm a series regular on that, but it's not a series that it's on every week. Like, you know, we were supposed to shoot like four or five a year and then it's, you know, whatever budgets and COVID and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. I think we've done five so far and we're supposed to do a couple more next year. But I don't know, Hallmark, it's just, you know, there's just a lot of them and I kind of fit their mold and they're fun to do and I do other stuff in addition. To yeah. That. Well, of course. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's really kind of the majority of, of, you know, what's out there right now. Well, I've really, I think, I think really, honestly, this year, especially people have really gravitated toward these movies. I know a lot of people I have, you know, I've, I've been watching a lot more Christmas movies, whether it be on Hallmark or Netflix or, you know, lifetime, I guess, you know, there's a lot of different places. That, and I think people are just really, wanting this sort of like feel good i know exactly what's going to happen you know i don't i I can turn my brain off just watch enjoy myself and um you know i i think that people are really enjoying these movies especially this year because of all the things that are going on with covid and just you know the state of the world but we were you know annie and i were reading an article that i i sent to you too rebecca but it's like vulture released an article that defines the 10 essential the 10 essentials of any hallmark movie and um, some of the essentials include a town with a holiday name, a supernatural element that changes everything, and a failing family business, which, as we've mentioned in Christmas by Charlotte, is. But we were, you, we were being we were being bought out. But you yeah. were being bought out. You're being bought out. Yes, you weren't failing. That's true. Do you feel like there are these? Do you feel like this is a true article? Like that this happens in these yeah. movies? Or oh, hilarious. Well, did you ever see Saturday Night Live? Um, James Franco, did you see the James Franco sketch on Saturday Night Live? Google, that one where they, they did like a Hallmark movie on Saturday Night Live? Oh, yeah, I think I do. I kind of remember Oh, it. no, I didn't. It's on YouTube. It is hilarious because it's Up very much there's always a gazebo. There's like a scene where you're, you know, making the snowman. Um, you know, you're baking. There's always baking or decorating yeah. the tree. And, uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's those. And so it is funny that whenever you get the script, you're just kind of waiting for it. You go, where's, yeah, where's, where's the snowman scene? Where's the ice skating scene? Where's the gazebo Oh, yes, scene? ice skating is huge. But yeah, you've got to look up. If you just Google, like, James Franco, SNL, Hallmark, it's hilarious because they really, they, they do. But, you know, but going back to why people watch, I think it's also, it's multi-generational. You know, people can sit down mm-hmm. with their parents and their kids and they just go, we can just all watch this and there's not going to be anything that's uncomfortable or a surprise. And even though they are so predictable, like there's still, it cracks me up how they really end up good. Because even some of these, when when you read them, I'm just like, 
A lot of these actors credit because there was a scene in one of them where you know she's walking away from the house and and her you know her big city you know high heeled shoe gets stuck in the mud, but he comes up behind her and like picks her up and carries her and then they run into the old boyfriend and as you're reading this scene you're just like oh this is so dorky. Those guys made it work. It was in Moonlight in Vermont and it was Lacey Chabert and like when I watched oh, she's it, a big one too, Lacey Chabert. Oh, Annie, she can play you. Yeah. And, and she I mean, could actually. They make it work. Like those guys, they get all kind of, you know, like dreamy, and you're just kind of like, oh, I believe that. And like the girls, kind of this stuff that's written corny, if you just really commit to it, I mean, they're they're cheesier on paper. But I have to tell you, every time I see one, like you really have to keep I have to see how it ends. There was one Absolutely. day Annie, were you Annie, you were gonna say something. What were you gonna say? No, you watch I, them? I was going to say, so um, I watch them when I go home for Christmas with my mom because she like just gets so excited for just, I think mostly to have when my sister and I are there to have girl time. Yeah. And so we watch them and every time at the end when whoever the love story is, every time they end up together, we're like, oh, I am shocked. <laughs> like, because, and we're being, we're joking, obviously, but, but they are predictable. But they keep you coming back. Like, we still watch them every year because it is, it's just so, I think there's something just so lighthearted about it yeah, and happy. And I think that's what everybody yeah. needs around the holidays. Well, I still get choked up. Like, literally, when we were just watching this the other night, this um, Christmas by Starlight, you know, the scene at the end where he comes in and he's like, I was a jerk and I just, you know, and and they kind of, the, my husband and I are behind the counter and in the scene, I mean, it is, it's really sad and he's really good. And we were all like, and so when we were watching it here, I'm just watching it on TV and I literally was like, oh. and I had like, and Will looks at me, are you crying? like sitting on the autumn and like in front of the TV, like the two of us knowing full well how it's going to end. Mm -hmm. But you know, yeah. kind of like, oh, and you get, you know, and you have your little moments and you have your little, and I'm like, I cannot believe that we just sat here on a Thursday afternoon and what, like, it really caught us off guard. And we watched the whole thing. I'm like, I can't believe that. Because even though I'm like, okay, now they're going to go to the gazebo or they're going to go ice skating. I'm like, okay, I knew it. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because this year they did do some, you know, they, they, they broadened because there's a new executive producer. And so, you know, there was a Hanukkah one. And, you know, they're getting more ethnic diversity and they're having, yeah. which a lot of the fans are not happy about also because there's really? that, you know, I don't want to see that on my TV when I sit down with my grandma and my child. And so, you know, so, so but they're still, you know, doing them anyway. I guess you just have to read the caption before you watch and make yeah. sure that, you know, you feel comfortable with, but you know, they're all really, they're, they're, they're making them kind of more universally appealing rather than just. Yeah. And even in, even in Christmas by Starlight with the LGB, there was an LGBTQ yeah. element to it. And I yeah. thought that it was really cool because again, it was, it was sort of like the show Shit's Creek. I mean, it's like, there was, it was really yeah. never spoken about. It was just kind of like, it's there and you know, that's cool. And same, same with any sort of other diversity thing. It's like, I like the fact that it's just sort of there and it's yeah. not spoken. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so, well, and and they should look. I mean, 
I'm of the belief at least, and our listeners know this and Bryce knows this, but like, <laughs> I am very much of the belief that like what you're watching on TV should mimic the world that you live in. Exactly. And so you should have people of color in these movies and you should have people from LGBT, the LGBTQ community in these movies and yeah. all of that. I know Chelsea Handler always says like, she got really pissed one time when she went in to watch a movie and it was a gay love story and she got mad and then realized later like, oh my God, like gay couples have been watching straight love stories their entire lives. And so yeah. it's just such a cool experience because those families are just becoming more diverse and everything. So I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. I do give Hallmark a lot of credit for that. Yeah. 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 Cause there was a big, I didn't see it yet uh, because it was on that time that it's called the Christmas house and Treat Williams and Sharon Lawrence are, they're actually the grandparents and it's like their kids coming home and it's, and it's a gay couple that are adopting a baby. And like, it's a real story about, it's not just like, oh, and the son's gay. And so he comes home, you know, you go, that was the story. And so like that one, it was really a front burner. Uh, and, and apparently it was great. I just, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, everybody said it was just so good. Now, I, going back to kind of the, the writing of these, like you, you know, again, I can't get over the fact that these two wrote this movie, but do you, do you guys, do you know, do, do a lot of the same people write these movies or is it a, is it like a diverse, different group of people that you work with all the time? Yeah, it's always, I mean, I always work. I'm trying to think if I've ever worked. I mean, I don't, I don't really. Well, a couple of the writers I know. Yeah, they're probably not on set mostly, but they're not on set. But yeah, you kind of get to know them eventually, and then you know, a number of them I'm just friends with anyway, and they just happen to yeah. write Hallmark. Yeah, um, you wanted to get them in Hawaii. You wanted to do, you want to do a Christmas movie in Hawaii. That's but, a good idea. And I actually have, a, I have a series of books um, that this friend of mine wrote that she wants me to produce as a Hallmark series because it's so Hallmark, but it's just so I have like the shopping rights to that. So I'm trying to get that done, but then COVID hit and then everybody was, they, they really weren't taking meetings because they were so far behind in material, that stuff that was supposed to have been shot in March and April, you know, now is being shot in September. And so it was like, don't give us anything new. We've got a whole thing to catch up on. So hopefully they're, hopefully they're caught up. You know. Well, and your so but so your husband Will is all Will Will DeVry is also a he's also an actor. Did you guys did you guys meet on Port Charles? Is that where you met, or did you? Not directly. It was all. It's a hugely long story, but I'll keep it short. He's always like, oh, yeah. <laughs> never tell a short story. You can like if you're gonna do it, ask me one question, and I will talk for four hours. No, I love that. We love that. Seriously, we like nobody wants to hear from us. We're the nobodies, Rebecca. We want to hear from you. You're our somebody. Not to me or not. It's like, oh, that's nice. We uh, met, he had been on Port Charles like way before I had. He just was a recurring character. And so several years later, when I was on, his character came back just for a couple episodes. But I never saw him, never worked together, never passed him in the hallway, nothing. But my makeup artist, was like, had the hugest crush on him. And so she would do my makeup in the morning. She's going, oh, and we'll divide this. And we'll, and we'll just like paint my face talking about him. And I was going to one ear and out the other. And she would tell me all these wonderful things. Like, sounds like a great guy. But I wasn't really, you know, I was in a relationship at the time. And it was just like, oh, it sounds like a great guy. And then it ended up that shortly after that, he went on all my children. And so now like when I'm in the soap magazines for Port Charles, 
then he's in there for all my children. I'm like, oh, there's that guy. And I would read about him. I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, he's very well traveled. Oh, and he knows art. And oh, he's. And I was just like, oh, what a great guy. Cut to, it was like over the course of five years, his name would come up and people in conversation, well, you know Will. I'm like, I don't know him. I'm like, how do you know him? Like, oh my God, like you guys would be the greatest. And so for five years, like his name would come up and people are like, oh, I, boy, you guys should me. You know, one of those kinds of things. So it was one night, I was at the daytime Emmys and it was uh, one of the reporters that I had talked to when I would do, you know, kind of all the soap opera interviews. And I was done a show and she goes, oh, you know, who was in the pilot of that was Will Fry. She said, is he still on? Did you meet him? I'm like, I do not know him. I'm like, God, this guy's name has come up for five years. I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. She's like, but I figured, I'm like, but I'm sure he's married by now. And she's like, no, 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 no. I know he's single. And I'm like, yeah, but he's in New York and I'm in LA. And I'm just, not. she goes, oh, no, no, he's in LA now. He won Golden the Beautiful. And I'm like, oh, but it was really the end of the conversation. We didn't talk about him. It just had come up again. So the next day she calls me and she's like, okay, I ran into Will after I talked to you and he is single. And I didn't mention your name, but I just said, you know, like you were always two of my favorite people whenever I would do interviews. She goes, it was always you too, that once the interview was over, we would still sit and talk for another hour. And she goes, she goes you were the only two that I've ever known that have been like that. You guys are so similar. And so she's like, you know, do you want me to have him call you? Or do you want me just not to say anything and drop it? Do you, would you rather call him? I'm like, you know, he can call me, that's fine. Like, this was in March of whatever it was, 2007. Nothing, like no phone call. Like, <laughs> like, oh, cool. And so one day, so it got to July, like the end of July, and I was living in Malibu at the time, and I had just been down at my neighbor's like for something. And uh, asked him, he goes, I'll, I'll find out, I'll call you right back. I'm like, okay. So I get back you know, to my place and the phone rings and I thought it was my neighbor. So I just answered, I'm like, hey, he's like, it. and then, you know, somebody's talking. I'm like, I'm like, now it wasn't making sense. I'm like, oh shit, this isn't him. But this person is still talking and I'm talking back, not knowing exactly who it is. And, and, so, and it took me so long to kind of piece it together that it was Will, because now I, now I couldn't like five or 10 minutes. Excuse me, who are you? Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, no kidding. I'm like, I got to figure out who this is. And so finally, it's not, so I'm like, oh, it's that guy. And we talked like for an hour and a half. And he's just like, look, I just finished working. I've got to go eat. Like, why don't you meet me for lunch? He's like, where are you? He's like, I can meet you at blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm in Malibu. So that's I'm really smooth, there. actually. That's very smooth. Like, Forget it. I got to eat. He goes, I know Good this move, is true. It was a Friday. And he's like, you just want to meet for dinner instead. And I'm you know, just like, yeah, I have absolutely nothing going on in my life right now. See, we were those single people that didn't have any bad stories. But see, we were like the single people in the holiday, in the Hallmark movie that we just- Yeah, did. exactly. And, you know, and so we met for dinner. And it was so, I mean, we ended up talking like until six in the morning, like in my car. Like, you know, we, we had dinner, then we went and had a drink. And then like we sat out in front of, like the CVS in Brentwood, literally like <laughs> and like the sun's coming up and I'm like, I have to go home. And, and so he ended up coming over the next day, came out to the beach and you know, then we just kind of, but it's like, we never really dated. Like we met and then just- and That was it. 
So Bryce mentioned earlier that he's painfully single. And that is like his dream. Bryce wants to have the feeling of being like five years into a relationship after like three days. Yeah. That's it what is, he wants. It's the best, it's the best feeling. But it'll happen. See, that's the thing. Like it, I just you know, needed my own Hallmark movie. That my own Hallmark movie needs to happen right now. Okay. You have to know that it'll happen. It was funny because I'd been out of a relationship for a couple of years and you go, I was, you know what, here was the thing. I was, I was so happy being single. I was just, I was full. I was complete. And I think that that is what really helped because then you met somebody and it was just like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, there was a specific criteria that he had to fit or holes that I needed, but it was just like, I was really happy. And you just go, if this works, it works. If it doesn't, it's okay Mm -hmm. because I'm whole. And I think we were both like that. But hey, this goes back to why he didn't call me in March. When oh yeah. He about me was because he had just broken up with a girl and he was going down to Florida like to help his mom with some stuff. And so he heard about me, but he was also wise enough to go, I'm going to be gone for a couple of months. I'm just mm-hmm. I'll wait for caller once I'm back in LA and everything's normal. Like what's the point of going, "Oh, hi." Right. You know. And so that was also wise on his part because then when we met, it was just you know, kind of normal. And I think even those, those four extra months kind of put us individually in better positions. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, you, I mean, you have to know what you want and like not settle on, you know, and that some people are like, Oh, you just expect somebody to be this prince. And it's like, yeah, but he'll show up because I believe he will. It wasn't like, like this, it's okay. It's like, no, I want somebody like this and like this and like this. But it wasn't that. But I, I like what you said before, where you're like, they, you didn't have any boxes that you needed checked or whatever. Like, I think that's really, I think that's a really intuitive thing to think about. Annie and I, Annie is my unofficial therapist. And so she is helping, she helps me kind of like, we're working on me so that I can get to a point where I don't need any, any, like any girl to fix, to check a box or whatever. So that's what we're right now. He just, there's a lot of fixing that needs to happen yeah. right now. So it's, not, it's not the time for a relationship. We're going we're gonna to get him. We're going to get you somebody. Oh, yeah. really isn't what I told yeah. Be just you so that when you meet her, like you're the magnet that you go, you just want to be like in some bar playing pool, like, you know, with your friends in a beer gut. And then the girl of your dream walks in. I'm like, is she going to fall in love with you? So you better make sure that you're the best so that when you see the girl of your dreams, you're, you know, she's like, oh my God. And so it was really cool because then, you know. I think you need to come on our podcast and be my, be my other therapist now. I think, I think you have to be a recurring, recurring person, but wait, so I do want to ask you before, like we're, we've been talking about Christmas. I can go off on every tangent. Yeah, no, but no, No, you're fine. Now we just want to know, like, what are your plans? Like, do you like the holidays? What are your plans for the, what are you will going to do for the holidays? Like, do you have any plans this year? I love the holidays. I was really lucky because I grew up really cool. I mean, we grew up in Omaha, but my parents were both from Kansas. And so we would always go like to Kansas for Christmas. And my dad's mom was, I had the grandma that started cooking in September, you know, (laughs) the dining room table of all the cakes and cookies and candy, like, she made everything and we had all the aunts and uncles and all the cousins. And so I grew up like with that, you know, but it was, you know, Christmas in Kansas, but it was just, oh my God, I love Christmas, for, you know, from the time that I could walk because I always had, you know, we'd go to midnight mass 
And like my dad and my uncles were all really good singers. Remember like standing in midnight mass and feel like, look at I'm getting off. When there's certain songs that still make me cry because I can just remember being a kid and like looking at my dad and looking, and they, they would just have the most beautiful voices, you know, singing, you know, a death state Fidele to still. And I was just like in awe, you know, of my dad and my uncles. And, and uh, so I'm like Christmas crazy. And our house, our house was built in 1926 by the architect who designed Sleeping Beauty's castle at Disneyland. So our house is Yes, like do you remember when I almost moved into your guest house, by the way? Do you remember when you told me, to, I went and came, I looked at her house in her guest house. And Annie, can you imagine how awful that would have been for Rebecca? <laughs> it would have been terrible. <laughs> oh, no, it would be great. Oh, no. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Go ahead. So you Sleeping oh, Beauty's castle. This house, it's like I have like the setting of the century. It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful, beautiful home. Yeah. So I like really decorate. Like some years, I'm like, oh my god, it looks like we live in a store. But it's not cheesy. Like I don't do. I'm I'm really picky with my decorations too. Like it's not like snowman and Santa Claus. Like I I like it really traditional and and classic. And so it's a lot of you know like the poinsettias and the holly and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, the house is super decorated um but it's funny being just us like without kids when you talk about you know and then we always have like so many presents because like oh i got you one more thing oh, i got you one more thing and so then you know people come and they're like who are these presents for and we're like oh. <laughs> it's like, but we started like we like how it looks and we don't want to like unwrap all the presents and then it's bare so like nobody said we have to unwrap them all. And so a couple of years ago we started like we'll have like one on Christmas Eve and like a couple on Christmas morning. Like we literally drag it out all the way up until New Year's Eve. So like we're still opening presents because like we never want Christmas to end. I so, love that. That's kind I of you know, that's awesome. And um, it's kind of fun because nobody said you have to hurry up and open them. And then we've had you know my parents would come or his dad would come or his mom or my mom. But really last year, I think, was the first year that we didn't have somebody here. And now because of COVID, we don't. My mom was going to come, but isn't. So it is just us. It just sucks this year because it's just yeah. all, you know. But you know, the thing is, I think in a way, I mean, hopefully, you know, like people get a little more introspective about it or a little more. You go, well, let's see what Christmas is about. You yeah. Know, not all the. Everybody should watch some Hallmark movies. I mean, like. Yeah. I think everybody really like misses and appreciates each other. And, you know, my brother really wanted to come this year and his kids are just like all in high school. Like this is the last year that his kids are all like at home together with them. And anyone wanted them to come and I'm like, nah. but you know, there'll be, there'll be more Christmases. That's, yeah. that's the thing. There'll be more. So I, you know, hopefully, hopefully I feel worse like for the people that really are lonely and yeah. mm -hmm. by themselves, you know, at least, you know, we have each other and, you know, neighbors that we talk to all the time or, you know, you have all your friends and family on Zoom and stuff. But I felt bad for the people that really are, I mean, really isolated. During yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, too, it's just that. So, yeah, it's a big deal here. You know, I love to bake, but then there's only the two of us. And so guess who eats everything? <laughs> That's yep. great, though. I've definitely gained weight since I've been home in Nebraska. But uh, so, so Becky, now, now we have a we have a little segment. It's called uh, the Mom Question. So okay. Annie and I love our moms a lot, and for these somebody sessions, we thought it would be fun to ask ask one of them to submit a question to ask our somebodies. 
And so today's mom question comes from your friend and my mom, Jane. And Jane asks, "Mom, like she looks exactly the same as she didn't call." Oh my gosh, she said the same thing about you. She's she like, she looks, "She looks exactly the same." Um, grandma, like there's like no way that yeah. she looks like grandma. Oh, that's so nice of you. But so she said, she says, "You've been on Glee. You've been on Desperate Housewives. You were one of Jerry's girlfriends on Seinfeld. You've had countless other roles. But in your decorated career, what would you say was your most pivotal role?" Depends if it's like pivotal career wise or pivotal like me because I have fun. You know, <laughs> there was there was a series which unfortunately nobody really saw that I did. It was called Live Shot. And it was kind of like broadcast news meets ER, but it was a live newsroom and Ooh. fast and curious, but it was really like inside. Becky, let's reboot this. Let's reboot this. God, it was so it was so clever. It was just witty, dry. And that's the thing that I'm gonna comedy. If it's just, I'm not like, oh, so caricaturish, but it was just this dry, witty humor. And I was the, I was the news anchor. It was me and David Bernie that we were the anchors. And I was just, you know, Sherry Beth, you know, I was, you know, like the the newscaster of the century. But then as soon as the camera shut down, you know, I'm just such a raving bitch. And he and I were having a supportive affair. And it was just, but it was, it was, it was the great, it was so brilliantly written and brilliantly cast and that and we we actually were contracted to do a second season and that's like when the network and the pre, it just kind of started to fall apart it was like damn uh. so you know that was like for me the most incredible and had that show stayed on you know i'd be a huge star by now so that one was whatever like, you are but it's hard to say because so many were really fun and sometimes like the lower budget stuff sometimes is way more fun because it's really collaborative and and everybody works together it's like we can make this work you know and it's like we have a barn and let's make a movie and so those, you know like i was susan storm like i was the original yes you were in the fantastic four that's you know, right one million dollar budget before jessica alba before who was the who was the other one um mara and I don't know. So yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Oh, but you know, speaking of Christmas movies, before we go off, I do have to say right after I shot Christmas by Starlight, I did a Netflix one, but this one won't be on until next year. It's called Love Hard with Nina DeBrev and uh, 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 Jimmy Yang and um, um, Karen, who was on Glee. And they're my, they're, I'm, I'm married to like a Chinese man that we got. Who was, it? Sorry, who was on Glee? Sorry. I- uh, Harry Strum. Oh, Harry, Harry Strum. Okay, yeah. Harry and Jimmy are my sons, and I'm, I'm. It is just, and then Nina. It's this is so freaking funny. It is so funny because it's, it's not. It's one of those, not really a Christmas movie, but it's like a movie that takes place at Christmas. And so even within the movie, they're even talking about like Die Hard. It's like is Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> Yeah. It definitely is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas yeah. movie. Love actually, like those kinds of ones, you go, are they just set at Christmas or are they Christmas? And so our movie's kind of one of those that there's a situation, but it happens at Christmas, but until probably October, October or November on Netflix. But you got to watch for that one. Okay. Oh, yes. I'm, yes. I'm a mom, but you know, she's, I'm a, I'm a little on the kooky side. <laughs> so that was. You know, unless all my stuff gets cut, like always, because it's too long. No, no, Netflix, no. <laughs> We're telling them no right now. Yeah, and you'll just go, wow, that was such a different, 
Yeah, so that one's going to be fun too. So. Well, okay. So, so to end our somebody sessions, these somebody sessions, we like to ask everyone the same three questions. And Annie, Annie, you administer these. Okay. So the first one that we typically ask is, "What is your favorite hard seltzer?" But because it's the holidays, you can choose a hard seltzer or your favorite holiday drink. Oh, favorite holiday drink. I would probably go like with eggnog with fireball in it. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Big, yes. big fireball fan here. We are. Um, that's, okay. what we're, that's what we're drinking when we all get together after all this. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Big fireball. Hopefully, it won't be at Christmas, but yeah. you know, who cares? We can we can drink fireball. Um, exactly. Um, the second is, what is the best piece of advice that you were ever given? This is going to sound weird, and I don't want to say it was really advice, but it was a friend of mine, and it sounds so simple but it comes in handy a lot that she's like, not everybody thinks like you. Oh, that's big time. I love that. Annie, you love that. You love that, Annie. It's really I do. It is so applicable. Powerful. It's powerful, though. There's certain times where you have to kind of catch yourself and you go, not everybody thinks like you. And you go, Mm -hmm. okay. So sometimes it's that. You know, sometimes it's, yeah, so it's, yeah, I have to say, yeah, sometimes just remember, like, not everybody thinks like you. Yeah, that's really good, especially in a year like this. Um, Yeah. And then the third question is, what do you believe you are an expert of? An expert? Well, you know, and again, it was something that somebody told me once. I think, like, I'm an expert nurturer, that I think I'm a nurturer. That, you know, whether it's in a relationship, it's a good thing. That can also be a bad thing, but it's been a good thing. Or, you know, like with the dogs. And yeah, also- you're a huge dog lover. We, we didn't yeah. even mention that. Five dogs. We also have five cats now. Um, but- <laughs> you like, have a farm over there. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got to come over. Um, <laughs> but, um, but even like with, you know, gardening and landscaping and that kind of stuff with flowers and cooking that I think... I'm a nurturer. Like I like to, you know, make, make something out of the basics, you know, with that kind of, so I think that covers a lot of things that I'm good at. It's because, you know, I can kind of nurture, like make something out of anything. I think. That's amazing. I'm going to have a B answer too. And the B answer is you go, you know what? And I think it's, you know, like you guys, you want to go, I just work hard. Like I've always worked hard. I've worked hard since I was a kid. I remember, you know, like in class, I wanted to get all my, all my, my things done in class just so I could read. Like I was always trying to like, I got to get this done. You know, so I think a lot of things that I've I've been blessed with in my life are definitely blessings. And I think I kind of forget how hard I work, you know, like you Mm -hmm. really are, committed all the time and I think that that's something that you know everybody everybody could do more of I mean we all you know and it's not not to being obsessive but I think that that's something that has helped me because it's been a little bit of an undercurrent like I work hard but not like on the outside like get out of my way I'm gonna accomplish these things deep down it's like get up and do it you know you better read that you better research you better practice harder you better, you know, all of the the yeah. under 
you've got to work hard. Like if you just sit back and expect crap to happen, it's like, you're just going to be sitting there for a long time. We have a phrase on this podcast where we say a lot, your Nebraska is showing, which means like, you know, in our Midwest, and that is definitely a testament to your Midwest. Your your Nebraska is showing with your hard work because hard work pays off as we, as we can tell from your amazing career. Yeah. We tell each other that all the time. Um, (laughs) No, I actually, Actually, I actually, this isn't really a question. I have just read that you are huge into like dog rescue. Yeah. Um, and I want to touch base with you off air about okay. this. because Something that I would be, I, I'm obsessed with dogs. Um, and I would be very interested in getting involved in any way that you need help. So um, okay. we'll touch base with that. Uh, no one wants to hear about that, but we'll touch base with that after. Yeah, I, I do. Or yeah. I yeah. I'll, I, I yeah. Can, but I, the, I, the listeners. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Wait, okay. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on. We really, yes, really appreciate you. this. It was so much fun. You can't, you can and should follow Rebecca on Instagram at Rebecca Staub, and you can catch a repeat of Christmas by Starlight this Saturday, December 19th at 6 PM. So check your local listings, but it's on the Hallmark channel. Um, it was so wonderful for you to come on our, on our little podcast and catch up with you. I, I wish you all the best. I can't wait to actually, we can all get together in person. It's going to be fantastic. When are you yes, back here? Definitely. And just a- after the new year. After I'll be back after okay. the new year. All right. Okay. So we'll do it. We'll make we'll make a fireball. Yes. <laughs> yes. Deal. Deal. Um, thank you so much for thanks for coming on. I'm gonna do like our quick rapid fire sign off really quick. Um, for all of our listeners, if you guys are not already following us on Instagram, please do so at nobody's pod at Annie underscore Wilkin at Bryce Advice. On TikTok, it's the exact same. Twitter is at nobody's the pod, same for personals. And you can always email us at noexpertallopinion at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. We're off for two weeks now, but we will see you in 2021. Happy holidays from the nobodies. We hope you have an amazing weekend. And more importantly, a mediocre week. Thanks, guys. The Nobody's Podcast is produced by me, Annie Wilkinson, and Bryce McClay. It is recorded remotely in small, crummy apartments in the San Fernando Valley. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 